0: uh what's going on guys this is ryan satafinko from chrome lacrosse club and you're listening to the outside the box
1: podcast we're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse you're now listening to the outside the box podcast right here on underground sports philadelphia in Massachusetts at almost 5 a.m. and we made it
2: we did in fact make it what's going on
1: everybody (laughs) welcome in to episode number 169 (laughs) of the outside the box podcast part of the underground sports philadelphia podcast network
2: (laughs) oh my god KB
1: (laughs) and Harrison (laughs) KB and Harrison coming at you from the Commonwealth Hotel in Boston, Massachusetts.
2: (laughs) Not exactly the way we would imagine our first live recording to go together, is it?
1: This is not how I planned our first interactions together (laughs) in person. We are going to tell the chronicles of how we got here, why I sound like somebody just killed my puppy, and... (laughs) On the bright side, you guys have a kick-ass interview with Chrome rookie midfielder Ryan Terefenko this episode. Shout out to Terry for coming on the show. And (laughs) then we are going to get into our season preview and predictions for the Premier Lacrosse League. And then we're going to pass out. And it's going to be a time. So before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors. Tomahawk Shades, doing the damn thing. I got my blue light glasses with me, my (laughs) sunglasses with me. They are the best in small batch eyewear doing the damn thing owned by chris hogan and kyle harrison brought my undrafted shirt with me shout out chris hogan he'll be playing uh today as we're recording this oh yeah he uh, will tomahawk shades best in the game get the blue light glasses the sunglasses everything in between and when you go to checkout use our promo code usp to get 25 off at checkout and free domestic shipping wherever the hell you live it's that simple. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your entire order. Our friends at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They've got the Lawnmower 4.0 out. I wonder if that thing could change a tire. <laughs> I we'll bet get, it could. We'll get into that. I really bet it could. The thing it looks like it came lot. from Mars. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best men's below-the-waist below the grooming tool. they got all the new performance packages. The boxers are the most elite boxers you'll ever throw on your body. And uh, they're here to make sure that you are feeling good, playing good, and looking good. So go to manscaped.com. When you go to checkout, use our code USP to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Of course, our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. It's the summer of Stateside. The Stateside Vodka Sodas are here. They, are, they look incredible. You guys know I don't drink, but everyone else that is part of this podcast does. and I'm sure a lot of us will be drinking heavily this weekend.
2: Oh, I plan on uh, <laughs> pounding a few back, especially
1: after today. Uh, go to statesidevodka.com, get the vodka sodas, get the vodka, the bourbon, everything in between. It's the summer of stateside. Treat yourself, get this, the vodka sodas, be a friend, tell a friend, because they look incredible. The packaging looks like it's going to win some more awards. So go to statesidevodka.com and get your vodka today. And, of course, we have a brand new sponsor on this episode. One hell of a way for our boys at Kenwood Beer to kick off being a sponsor (laughs) of the network. They got the Kenny Tracker on the website so you can find where to get your Kenwood beer. They are locally brewed right in Philadelphia. Uh, Matt Rambo, big fan of the Kennys. So go to kenwoodbeer.com, order your beer, order all of the... Apparel they have and all that good stuff. Big shout out to Kenwood Beer for jumping on board this summer and being a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family. And
2: <laughs> let's just get into it. How should we start this? How, so how should we even? How should we even fucking start this? Jesus well <laughs> Christ! It started with me having to work at Staples today <laughs> and rushing
1: to get home, and then. Getting everything packed up and coming to meet you in person for the first time. The vibes were immaculate. The it, vibes were great.
2: Yeah, it started
1: it feeling off feeling good. Fantastic. I was ready to go. So we head to Philadelphia to pick up some apparel and things from Kenwood. Got thrown in a little bit of a loop-de-loop, but that's typical where yeah. we were in Philly. And I was like, okay, whatever.
2: Driving in Philly kind of kind of sucks anyway. That's like, In the city. Yeah, is. like we, we, we expected this. It was fine. We got through it. Shout out Kenwood. Shout uh, out Kenwood.
1: So then we're on our way, and we go over the George Washington Bridge. <laughs> Shout out to my in the Heights cast.
2: Uh, and then uh, this is where things really started to take a turn.
1: Feeling great, like we were making good time to get here. wasn't We were going under the speed limit because the weather was awful. Um, and then we hit the worst pothole. I've ever felt. Sounded like we hit a bomb. It literally, like, we have no experience with what a car bomb feels like, but it felt like something exploded. Some, yeah, something went bang. And I've hit potholes. We've before. all hit potholes. It was loud, and I, I thought we were okay,
2: because we kept going. <laughs> and our dumbasses thought that the, the vroom, boom vroom, 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 was like these ridges on the road. Hear me out.
1: I have had a flat tire and driven on a flat tire before to get to the destination to change said tire. It did not sound like that the original time that I did
2: that. No, this was a, this was like a different, different flat tire, too. And uh, so we're driving, and then... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I smell burnt rubber, and <laughs> you guys know like, this is not a this is not a NASCAR podcast. This is a lacrosse podcast. We don't want to smell rubber burning. No, we
2: don't. That's so we that's generally over, a bad sign. Pull over,
1: get out. And obviously, there is damage to the tire. Um, uh, and shout out my mom. You guys, you guys know Mom Dukes. Shout out Mom. Called her like eleven times during this process. Um. To just figure out what the hell needed to happen. So I call my insurance provider. Hashtag not a sponsor. So I'm not going to name drop, but they are fantastic. Um, I find out that I don't have roadside assistance in my insurance package.
2: Not like it would have mattered if right. we come to find that out.
1: Right. So we do that. I call my insurance and they say we can email you a list of people you'd have to pay out of pocket. But we can email you a list of people in the area where you're at. Uh, that might be able to help you. Mind you, this is like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. It's, it's 10 PM on Thursday. It's past business hours. So I call the first place. They're talking to me and they let me know once we let them know where we're at, which we were on the side of I-95 in uh, Pelham, New York. Shout out Matt Landis. Matt Landis is hometown um, we really needed you, Matt Landis. <laughs> yeah, we, we
2: could have really, really used you.
1: The the dispatcher for this towing company lets me know that we are on a restricted highway.
2: Have you ever heard of a restricted highway before in your life, I
1: either? I truly don't know what a restricted highway is. I sent Snapchat Chronicles to a number of my friends and colleagues.
2: And, and you'll see that in the vlog we have for producing, that we're producing this weekend. Um
1: and they didn't know what a restricted highway was. One of my buddies that lives in the New York area said that this happened to him like 10 years ago. Um, So I said, okay, I'll give a call to somebody else and see if they can come through. I didn't know, I don't know the uh, guidelines for what a restricted highway is, who's allowed to come through them. So I called line number two on this email and thankfully this dispatcher, super kind, super nice, Super informative. let me know they can't come out because it's a restricted highway, but informs me that the quickest possible way to get on to where we need to go is to contact New York State Police. Let them know the situation. It's not an emergency. It's like an accident type thing. Yeah. And they can have their people come out. I guess you need police peeps to come out and they'll be able to assess the situation, figure out what you want to do from there like okay awesome thank you for the advice thank you for the information so we get the police dispatcher on and we're fully anticipating like the cops to show up they it didn't. wasn't the case it was a it was a their towing company towing guy fantastic really human Really um,
2: nice, came up, was really patient with us. It seemed like he knew this kind of situation and how it had happened. It, hap- he's definitely dealt with many of this before.
1: And as we're recording this, the sun is literally coming
2: up. Oh, yeah, it's, it's becoming daytime, right? It, the sun's coming up over Fenway. Um,
1: so he lets us know there's two options. We can put the donut spare tire that I have on, which... Anybody that knows anything about cars, you can only go a limited amount of miles on those things. You can only go on like 50 miles an hour and under. Mind you, we're on a highway. Um, <laughs> and we are the I-95. Th- we're, we're three hours away from Boston. So
2: the other situation mind, was. Mind you, we had waited a half hour for mm-hmm. this guy to get out there. So we, Which probably wasn't his fault. It's it's not, no, absolutely not his fault. But, you know, th- that's another additional time crunch right there.
1: So then he says the other thing we can do is there's a place that's open in the Bronx right now. Shout out to my I literally had an in the Heights experience. Um that is open right now and we can take it there. We'll tow you there. It is $114 for the tow and then it is $7 or I'm sorry, $7 $5, do-
2: five, dollars
1: five dollars per mile. $5 per mile 7 miles away, so it's like Yeah. Okay, that works. So one hundred and fifty dollars right there for the tow. Um, the tow experience was I wild. Don't know if it was legal. <laughs> so he strapped my car up to the back of his tow truck, and then we hop in the car. And he says, "You guys can get back in
2: the car." It was it was so literally the Bronx cruise.
1: I literally felt like we were on Space Mountain.
2: It was a it was a Disney World ride. I except at ten p.m. in the middle of New York.
1: Did not and don't know if that was legal.
2: It was fun. It was honestly, that was the high point of the uh, it
1: was wild. I I don't know if we will ever experience that again in my life because I called my mom after that and she, I told her what happened. She's like, I don't think that's legal. I, I I well, it it was also
2: 10, it was 11 at that point, wasn't it? Uh, Roughly, roughly 11. So So I think he was like, you know what, just get in the car, man. It's
1: raining. We pull up to. The place. 24 hour mechanic. 24 hour mechanic. That is something that does not happen in South Jersey. Um,
2: Shout out to the city that never sleeps because if this had happened literally anywhere else, we would not be doing this right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. Um, So they assess everything, change the tire, and it was the quickest and cheapest tire. Exchange I've ever had. $45 for a new tire. I've never heard of that in my life. So that gets done. Uh, he moves the one tire to the front because I'm a, f- a f- front wheel drive car. So we need to have two of the same tire on the front. Great. Um, so we do all that and we're on our way and kind of smooth sailing until. We get to Massachusetts where road work is just going crazy and we get thrown in a detour uh, that threw us off like by 10 minutes of getting here. Which the, the,
2: the signs in road work should be, you know, a little more clear and the cones shouldn't be a just...
1: I'm blaming this detour for what happened next.
2: Honestly, yeah. We're
1: here 10 minutes earlier. What happens next doesn't happen. Exactly. So we get to where we need to be, the hotel, and we're driving around. We pull into the parking garage spot and it doesn't open and we're like fantastic so we have to drive around and there's a truck driving around the hotel area wrong
2: way on a one-way
1: going the wrong way on a one-way and driving around and so we get back around to the front of the hotel to where we need to turn right to get back to like the meter parking to just come into the hotel check in and all that jazz the truck is there
2: Taking up half the lane Going over his side of the line
1: And I thought I had enough space as well To like make it And don't you know Boom Hit the curb Same tire Same fucking side We pull into The meter stop And we're thinking Okay maybe it's just like A little bit of noise From like hitting it Like impact noise or whatever Nope Pull into the parking garage In spot number 69. (laughs) And don't you know.
2: Can't even appreciate the funny number.
1: KB has another flat tire.
2: Back to fucking back. I
1: truly don't know what to do. If you're in the Boston area and listen to this podcast. And have any connections to help me get another, another tire. Please slide in the DMs. At K B I Z Z L three one one or at OTB Lax Pod, one of the two. Twitter and you Instagram is just K B I Z Z L E 11
2: The Underground Sports Philadelphia. Underground page.
1: PHI, like hit me up. Um because I truly do need some help because I am like
2: this is this is absolutely fucking ridiculous. At a loss for words. That's why what I sound are the somber odds? What are the fucking Par- odds?
1: Apparently pretty fucking good. <laughs> That's why I sound somber. I am, like, just emotional right now because I don't know what to
2: do. To quote one of the greatest shows of all time, this is why you don't leave Philly. You leave Philly and bad shit happens.
1: Bad shit truly has happened. Um, So that is our our chronicles of getting to Boston. And as the sun comes up and we still haven't slept, I am running on four hours of sleep. Uh, Let's get into our interview with Chrome rookie midfielder. Ryan Tarafanko. I guarantee
2: this is not how he expected us to lead into this.
1: Terry. I'm so sorry, bud. Uh, Thank you for this. So, without any further ado, here is Ryan Tarafanko. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we tweeted it out. First time guest on OTB to help us usher in the 2021 Premier Lacrosse League season. We're going to see him in person in Boston this weekend. It is Ohio State alum and now member of PLL Chrome, Ryan Terrafenko. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. First off, congratulations. One, getting drafted. Two, you're part of a Chrome team that looks like they are in store for some big things. How has uh, how's your first PLL training camp been treating you?
0: Oh, it's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, from the start, you know, getting drafted by the Chrome was uh, just a great place for me to end up. Uh Coach Sudo's a great guy, you know, the rest of the coaching staff are, are really solid guys and great coaches. And then, you know, after I got drafted, you know, six, seven, eight guys immediately calling me, texting me on the team, you know, just telling me how pumped they were to have me and, you know, ready to get this started. So very welcoming right from the start and then getting to the training camp, meeting all the guys in person for the first time and you know, it is a it is a very uh, you know family like atmosphere here for sure with the Chrome guys. So just really happy to be part of this team and you know training camps been going really well. You know we're really excited about our team. You know we think we got all the pieces we need to you know really make some moves this uh, this season.
1: Your your Chrome draft class was littered with talent. How awesome was it that you're going to end up on the same team and you don't have to uh, try to get around JT Giles Harris?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I was definitely very pumped about that. You know, obviously playing a little defense myself is really cool. That I'll be able to play with a guy of his caliber, um, for sure. And you know, I'm excited to meet him once he gets down here and, and definitely shoot up with him down at the defensive end. But you know, all the guys we took are really great, really great guys to begin with. They're really talented, cross players, smart guys. Justin out of UNC and Jackson out of uh, you know Yale and Denver. So it's been nice meeting them for sure. You know, and uh, having to be rookies with them is uh, definitely a lot of fun.
1: Who on this Chrome team that has, you know, been in the league now for either a year or two, are you most looking forward to suiting up with and getting a chance to play with on game day?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, um, you know, obviously, Will Haas is someone, you know, he's been around for a little bit more than a year or two, but he's a guy I've been, I've looked up to for a while. Um, you know, you know, he, he's kind of from around my area, um, had an incredible career at Duke, plays the same position I do, you know, professionally, you know, the, did the USA stuff, and yeah, I, I, when I got drafted to Chrome, I was just really excited uh, to suit up with Will and having a chance to meet him now. You know, he's a great guy. You know, he's been teaching me the way the way of the land. Obviously, you know, playing defense of midfield in the in the league. So, really excited to suit up with him and uh, you know get that going. It's got to be kind of nice. So you
1: got some, you know, Philly, Pennsylvania, route, you know, background on this team as well. Fit fit right back at home.
0: Yeah, no, we were talking about it today. There is a, a good amount of guys from that uh, you know, Central PA, Philadelphia region um on the Chrome team, which is obviously nice uh having that.
1: How excited are you that Chrome arguably has the best color scheme in the PLL and that's your jersey you get to rock? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've never really been too too big on uniforms, but it is nice. I mean, uh, wearing a, the the black all blackout helmet, which is pretty sweet. And we actually just saw the uniforms today, and they're looking very very fresh for the twenty uh, twenty one season for sure.
1: Now, obviously, coming from Ohio State, you played on the you know the big platforms, the Big Ten, and everything. But to have your professional career kick off at Gillette Stadium, when I say that, how does you know what goes through your mind, and how excited are you that? you know, the first time you get to suit up professionally, it's going to be in an NFL stadium.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. I think it just shows you how far lacrosse is coming. Um, you know, this league is, is definitely taking taking uh, everyone by storm. And, you know, it's, it's, they're doing a really good job getting content out there and, and putting the best players on the on, on some of the best venues that uh, that we have out here. So it's cool. I mean, we've hung around Gillette all week, you know, being able to go in Gillette, hang out in the locker rooms and stuff like that. And, um, you know, to walk around Patriot Place, all that good stuff. Um, it's definitely really cool, and there's gonna be a lot of really great venues this summer that are gonna be really cool for the fans to come out and watch for sure. So, I know we're all excited about that.
1: No, I know he's not on your team, but how good of a tour guide has Chris Hogan been for you guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen him. Uh, I haven't seen him too often. I saw him a couple times, but you know, he looks like he's doing a good job over with uh, the cannons and stuff. So. I'm sure he knows the place a lot better than any of us, though, that's for sure.
1: And I know you talked about, you know, getting that opportunity to play for Sudo. What, you know, similarities does he have from, you know, playing at Ohio State and your coaching staff there to, you know, kind of getting you prepped for how this Chrome team kind of operates and runs things for game day?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously I haven't seen a game day yet, but just for the training camp stuff, Coach Sudo's, you know, He's hands-on for sure, but he definitely you know, lets the, the, the guys, the, the older vets on our team, you know, take practices and, and figure out what we want to do. And at the end of the day, he's just a really good guy, you know, high character guy who, who's easy to talk to, easy to get along with and you know, he takes it, you know, serious he takes it seriously, but understands, you know, that um, you know, that there is a little bit of lightheartedness that has to be done here as well. And, you know, we've all play this game to have fun. You know, we obviously all play this game to win too, but it's got to be fun. So he makes sure that you know every practice we're having, we're having some fun out there and just really spending some quality time with you know a great group of guys.
1: He he kind of changed the culture of this Chrome team when he came in last year. Obviously, their first season in 2019 didn't go as planned, but it was like a complete 180 from 2019 to being in the bubble last year and the way that that Chrome team played. What's the team chemistry like, you coming in, you know, as a, a rookie and kind of being inserted into a team that's finding their way and, and really figuring out, you know, what type of team they are? What has the, the chemistry been like during practices and, you know, your your guys' scrimmage and everything?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's been it, – everyone on the team is extremely welcoming. Um, they welcome the, you know all the rookies with open arms. They've been very helpful, you know, they're very uh, – you know, inclusive that we we always do stuff together we walk to breakfast together we walk to lunch together all that good stuff but at the end of the day you know it's an environment of of making sure everyone's having a good time and you know you don't play professional lacrosse right now necessarily you know for the money you, you play because you love the sport and and you love uh the guys next to you and you were playing it with so that's really the forefront of this team for sure is that you know, we all love playing across, we all love winning, and we all love having fun together. And we find the good mix of, you know, playing really hard and competitive and also making sure that we're having fun and, and definitely um, enjoying each other's company. From the
1: outside looking in at your Ohio State time, you and Trey were viewed as like the dynamic duo for the Buckeyes. How excited for you was it to see him get drafted on the same night and you guys are gonna be able to, you know, go head to head now. Uh, in your professional careers?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Trey's one of my best friends. Um, You know, he had an incredible career at Ohio State. I lived with him throughout my years there pretty much every year. Um, And, yeah, seeing him, you know, we got drafted back-to-back, which is really, really cool. And we were obviously all watching together. And to have that moment with him was was really special for sure. And I know he's going to, you know, kill it in the PLL for sure. He's a great talent. You know, he's a great shooter, obviously. But there's a lot more to his game than just that. And I think, you know, you're going to see – uh, a lot more than just you know his ability to shoot the ball in this league because he's going to be surrounded by you know, obviously some extremely talented people that are going to bring that out of him. But I know just from talking to Trey over the last couple weeks, he's excited to um, you know get this going for his team as well.
1: I'm sure you've heard this a number of times, but how does it feel to be towards the top of the list of the all-named team of guys who never played hockey in the NHL? what was that <laughs> I, I talked to a bunch of guys and when i tell them that you were coming on the podcast they were like that guy doesn't play hockey because tara sounds like a legitimate like nhl name uh yeah. do you do you get that a lot like do you play hockey and it's like nah i, I play lacrosse
0: yeah no i mean I, I've, I've i've never played hockey it's probably the only sport i've probably never played um i do like watching it obviously you know room with canadians over my last couple of years there. i have stayed are obviously very into hockey and just I've gotten more into it as uh, I've gotten older for sure but unfortunately I haven't played myself but uh <laughs> that's a good that's a good point I, I never really thought of that uh
1: big names drafted out of Ohio State in a number of sports this year uh who do you think has the the better rookie season you Trey or Justin Fields with the Bears <laughs>
0: I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I think, uh, you know, Justin. And Justin's obviously a tremendous athlete, and I'm excited to see, you know, what he does with the Bears. I'll probably go with him. I think he's, uh, he's in a great spot for sure, and, you know, he's got a good surrounding uh, cast, and, you know, we're obviously all pumped to see what he can do in the next level.
1: Coming into, you know, your PLO career, who are some guys that you kind of, like, tried to model your game after you took bits and pieces from, to get to where you are now, that might be in the league that you might be going head to head against over the next few years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I think the guy, honestly, I've tried to mimic my game the most. Um, you know, it, throughout my college career, was definitely Will Will Hoss. I mean, no doubt about it. He's a guy who, you know, you, you can't talk about the defensive midfielder position from a collegiate or professional, you know, standpoint without bringing up will and you know what he's been able to do throughout his career and you know he's as good as it gets on ball he's a threat in transition he's he's a great off-ball defender i mean he has everything you'd want in a defensive midfielder so he's a guy who you know i've obviously you know picked his brain as much as i can throughout these last couple weeks and i'm just excited you know to have him obviously on my team and be able to run you know run with him so i think that's just one guy um for sure that i'm really excited to so obviously, I have them on, on on the Chrome.
1: I haven't gotten a chance to dive into them yet. But one, have you been in an RJ vlog yet? And two, if you haven't, scale one to ten. How excited are you to have RJ's camera in your face?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, RJ got me got me early for sure. I mean, uh, you know, anyone who knows me knows I'm not not too big with the cameras and all that stuff. But uh, you know, if it's good for the league and it's it's what the league needs, you know, done. You know, I'm all for that and helping you know this league out. Help the league out as much as I can. So it's not, not, not too big of an ass.
1: And, you know, with that being that the league is like super heavy on like being on social media, having that content, how do you think that helps, you know, in terms of just growing the game and getting more eyes on the sport, knowing that at the blink of an eye, there's, you know, ridiculous, like Jay Carlson goal on Twitter. That's like breaking the internet or, you know, just different things that get as many eyes on the sport. And obviously the championship game, you have like, ESPN pundits that are like NFL insiders talking about the the sport of lacrosse and everything. How much do you think social media has played and will continue to play in just the growth of of lacrosse as a whole?
0: Yeah, no, I think I think it's you're exactly on the right on the right track there. I think social media for sure is helping the sport grow. I mean, a lot of people just haven't seen it, I guess. And you get one of those. I mean, you get a game like we had on Monday with the National Championship game and. You know, you, you get a couple of the, I saw the NFL guys, you know, posting about it. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, the game is, you know, the sport of the future. It's the fastest game out there. And I think the more we get guys talking about it and promoting it and getting more eyes on it, the better it's going to be for, you know, the next generation of lacrosse players to come, come, uh, come play professionally. So I'm excited. I think the PLL, you know, does a great job, obviously of pushing out content and just being around here for, the last week, it's very obvious that they, they do put a tremendous amount of work on, you know, content and, and pushing it out. So it's exciting. It's definitely an exciting time to be a part of, um, you know, this lacrosse league. Is there a, a
1: spot on the calendar on this this destination map that the schedule has that you kind of have circled that you're looking forward to playing in that city the most this season?
0: mean, uh, yeah, I would say, honestly, honestly I'm excited to play for you know every uh, every weekend each city but there's a couple cities on there that uh, some of my you know good friends from college live at and you know that's what I'm most excited about honestly is just being able to travel around see some of the guys who I haven't haven't seen in a while you know one of my best friends lives in uh, you know Minnesota and Colorado so going over there maybe you know, arriving a few days early and spending some time with them is definitely something I'm looking forward to and I'm
1: sure you all of you guys across the board in the league are going to get asked this question but how exciting is it that there's going to be fans in the stands
0: yeah I I think uh, everyone's extremely excited for that you know the, the PLO did a good job last year obviously with the bubble and and, and pump, pumping out that's that those kind of games and I think they did it, I think a lot of guys a lot of people watched but at the end of the day I mean this is a sport that's best watched you know in person. And uh, I know we're all excited to get fans back into stadiums and, you know, for every sport, not just lacrosse, but definitely for uh, us lacrosse players. It's going to be really, really awesome to have uh, some fans in the stands uh, come this weekend.
1: And I don't know if they told you, but Mike Rabel tweeted it out last night that they've sold more tickets for this weekend than they sold at any destination in the 2019 season altogether.
0: Wow. I did not know that. That's awesome, though. I'm sure... You know, everyone's everyone's trying to get out. You know, we've spent the last year kind of crammed inside. So, any opportunity people have to go out and, and enjoy, you know, some nice entertainment is definitely definitely jump on that opportunity. So, that's cool to hear, though.
1: And obviously, it's a little different to this season compared to 2019 when there were, you know, fans in the a full schedule where there's three nights of lacrosse every weekend. Looking at the schedule, you know, how how much preparation do you think is going to have to go into if you end up playing one of those Friday night games and then also having to play a Sunday game?
0: Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked at our schedule, you know, if, you know, probably as, as much as I should have, but I know, I think, you know, each team plays a Friday, Sunday, at least once or twice and um, throughout the summer. So obviously when that comes up, that'll be you know something to look at and something to make sure we're all taken care of uh, when we need to get taken care of. But, I know guys are just excited to get back to the tour based model that we had that they had in 2019 and you know obviously get get some fans in the stands so we can uh you know put on a good show for them is
1: it fun sharing a a roster with one of the avengers in thor aka connor farrell
0: <laughs> yeah no Farrell's Farrell's a beast uh, he's a really nice guy great great face off guy no it, it's good uh, like i said all the guys on the team are are just you know really great guys so but uh he's obviously a character for sure.
1: No, I know you were at Ohio State and I've I've had my my travels to to Columbus, Ohio. I have friends that are out there. Were you a Buckeye Donuts guy?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. staple <laughs> <a difficult laughs> spot.
1: It is one of the best places I've ever been to uh hands down for any type of food. Those donuts are they just hit different.
0: And yeah, no, they're they're unreal. Absolutely that's a that's a must must go to if you're ever in the area. Absolutely.
1: Um, you know, going into your rookie season, what are some expectations you have for for yourself? You know, going into your first year as a pro, and you know, coming from the college game, what are some expectations you're putting for yourself to you know check the boxes once this season is all said and done that you want to accomplish?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I haven't spent you know much time thinking about my you know, expectations for myself. Um, you know, I know the expectation for our team is, you know, we want to win the last game of the season, you know, like like, like I'm assuming everyone else. But at the end of the day, you know, my job is just to do whatever the team needs me to, need to do to, to do that. So, you know, whatever that looks like, it could change each week. It could be different, you know, one game to the other. But I'm just excited to, to play lacrosse and, and have an opportunity to keep playing lacrosse and, uh, you know, be on this team surrounded by great guys. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you
1: guys get that that final game uh, this weekend. You get the Sunday late game against the Redwoods. What's kind of the the mindset going into you know your first game against a team that has been chomping at the bit to to come away with a championship? Have fallen short two years in a row, but knowing the the caliber of talent that they have on that team, what's kind of been the the game plan for you guys going into you know that matchup against them?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, every team is just, you know, it seems like every team is just absolutely, you know, loaded with talent. But the Redwoods are really, you know, like you said, a really solid team. Um, they'll play Friday, so that'll be nice. We'll be able to watch um, them play the Canyons Friday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll figure that out when the time comes. You know, we got obviously a good great coaching staff that will outline a, a solid game plan for us. But, you know, it's, it's really just about, you know, playing Chrome lacrosse and, you know, doing – doing you know our jobs individually and you know we feel like we do that we'll we'll, we'll like the results come uh sunday
1: and obviously you're gonna have fans in the stands but also like being able to have the tv access that this league has to know that at any moment somebody can just turn on the pll and watch you play on tv how cool is it to have you know that nbc experience for you guys to just at the click of a button boom there's lacrosse on tv
0: yeah that's awesome i think uh it's great. I mean, it's just the availability of of being able to kind of you know turn your TV on, like you said, and, and pop on the cross games is is really cool. It's something that you know we probably haven't had um, the last couple of years, just you know with with everything going on. But uh, they do a great job, like I said, you know pumping pumping the the cross out there and having the games on NBC is, is going to be awesome for you know fans who obviously can't come to you know each weekend
1: what have have you had any interactions with paul or mike you know on draft night or just throughout this week being at training camp and what's that experience been like you know kind of being able to possibly pick their brains and just see you know how things for you matched up to say yeah i'm gonna go to the next level and play in the pll
0: no i mean i i haven't necessarily had direct communication with with either of them i know they're they're busy uh, on the business side of it you know getting getting stuff done but uh you know just the whole PLL support staff has obviously been very helpful with, you know, anything that any of the guys need. And, um, it's been, it's been ran a run very, very well run this week, which has been really, really awesome. It's been, you know, we haven't had to deal with a lot any inconveniences really. And it's just been a really pleasant training camp. It allowed us just to really focus on the cross and getting better, which has been obviously really
1: important. And I don't know if I missed it,
0: but do we know what
1: number you're wearing?
0: Uh, we don't know. I haven't figured that out yet, so I'll have to figure figure that one out. There we go.
1: We don't know yet, but we're we're all about the jersey analytics, and I'm sure knowing <laughs> you, you'll you'll have a good number. Uh, last one. You know, for for new fans coming in, obviously there's probably going to be a ton of people tuning in who ended up turning on the the national championship game or just ready for lacrosse to be back. Describe your game to you know some some lacrosse fans that are going to be watching you play this season.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good question. Uh, A good question. I guess, you know, I I would just say, you know, I try my best to to be, you know, kind of a jack of all trades, do whatever, you know, the team needs, needs for me, you know, play offense, play defense between the lines, you know, ground balls. And I think that's, that's the beauty of this, this league is that, you know, the field's a little bit shorter, there's a shorter shot clock. So, you know, you see a lot of guys who are really good at a lot of different things. You know, there isn't many guys who are just good at one specific thing. You know, almost everyone in this league is really talented at several things, which is, which makes the game so entertaining and uh, so fun to watch. So, that's definitely that's definitely an awesome part of this league.
1: Absolutely, looking forward to watching you play this weekend. Can't wait for you guys to to take the field and uh, best of luck this season. I'm sure we'll run into each other at Gillette and uh go kick some ass this year,
0: man. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Big thank you to Ryan Tarafanko for coming on the pod. A lot of fun having him on. Won't be his last time on. Um Big 10 representing. But let's get into uh what we thought was going to be a sensational episode.
2: Well, it's still going to be a sensational still episode, but in a very, very different sense of the word.
1: The vibes are down, um, but we're going to get into our season preview predictions. Uh, Harrison, I'll let you take the reins right now so I can close the curtains because I need darkness. Yeah.
2: So let's start with uh, the first game on the docket. The uh, One of the highly favored teams to win the title this year Our Redwoods LC will be taking on the brand new version of the Boston Cannons. Cannons LC, 7 p.m. under the lights at Gillette Stadium. I'm so looking forward to this game. It's going to be our first live sporting event since the pandemic began. Well, my first live sporting event since the pandemic began. And... Yeah, what what should, what what should we expect in this game? What what are you expecting from this game, Kyle? I mean,
1: from these two teams, like talking to individual teams before even the matchup, like
2: obviously the Redwoods are
1: retooled to the Nines. Rob Pinnell is on this team. Jules is back.
2: The attack group is absolutely filthy.
1: The roster cuts have happened that we didn't even get a chance to talk about, um kind of Expected cuts for the Redwoods. Both faceoff guys from last year in the bubble have been replaced with the two rookies they drafted. That was to be expected. Larkin Kemp did not make the team, and as did Chris Price.
2: Chris Price, yes, I believe.
1: Um, kind of predictable cuts, I would say. Not that like Larkin yeah, yeah. And, and Chris are bad. Just like no, it's just Nat the, the and the coaching staff retooled this team to where like. It was going to be difficult to make this Redwoods roster.
2: Exactly, it, like, especially they,
1: with Jules being back too. Like, Redwoods are carrying six
2: attackmen. Yeah, this was this was probably going to be the toughest roster to crack out of all eight teams, if we're being honest. Mm. One of them.
1: Top three. Whip Snake's definitely number one.
2: Yeah, but they they didn't really have too many other players trying out for the squad. Redwoods had a uh, had to make a few tough cuts there. Uh, I feel like the two face-off guys, that, that's really tough, too. Uh, that that could have, from the four guys who entered training camp, that could have gone any, co- there there could have been any combination of face-off guys who cracked the roster. Well, it, with the exception of TD, TD was kind of a lock.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, TD was like the lock of the century to make the team. He's going to be the face-off guy for hopefully like the next 10 years for the Redwoods. That's their expectation. Um, I mean,
2: he's the future of the position.
1: And you don't spend a first-round pick on a guy to cut him. So Exactly. He's here, makes a ton of sense, and uh, I'm trying to pull up the transaction wire. Here we go. For guys that got cut. Here we go. So, some other notable names. Brian Karolunis, <laughs> retired,
2: former Redwood. Three teams. Uh, uh, three teams cut him span wild. of three years. Pretty brutal. One of the best LSMs to ever do it. Real, it, it, it feels, it feels kind of disrespectful, if we're being honest. I wouldn't be shocked if he pulls a, like,
1: everyone calls it a Brett Favre.
2: Comes out of retirement He's next comes year. Comes out of retirement. Yeah. Comes back. I agree. I th- I think uh, we'll see him. We'll, we're not seeing the last of Brian Carolinas. No. Uh, Austin Henningson was the only player cut from chaos
1: makes sense they drafted a face-off guy and they have max adler so yeah. he was on the outside looking in yep. the the tough blow that's not even a cut is uh randy stotts was injured in the chrome's scrimmage the other day and everyone is fearing i don't know if it's confirmed by the time we're recording this that that injury is season
2: ending that would suck that would really suck he was i mean we we're looking for another big season out of him he just wants to play. He like just, <sighs> injuries are the worst. Injuries are heartbreaking. Randy was going to add
1: such an element to that Chrome offense that they're kind of lacking. Where he's like the
2: big bull rush attackman. And I mean, we're we're about to see both Stotts brothers in the league for the first time. Not injured. Yep, and taken from us like that.
1: Chrome also end up cutting CJ Costabile, Donnie Moss, who was on their. Uh, bubble team last year tate
2: Boyce also gets cut and jeremy thompson oh that that last one really surprised me it really did i thought we were gonna get the chance to see uh all the uh the thompson brothers who were in the league get a chance to go against each other at least once but i'm sure
1: jeremy will get picked up by a team i think it's one of those things where chrome has so many young midfielders that
2: was just like no no space on the squad for him yeah uh, we talked about uh, the Redwoods
1: guys, Larkin Kemp, Chris Price, Peyton Smith, Greg Piscogin, all get cut. Um, Archers end up cutting Evan Connell, Noah Rack, Nate Solomon, Nick Washuda. Um, Archers with probably the biggest cuts, I'd say, even them and the Water Dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Connell getting cut was surprising to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And Nate Solomon, it just sucks because he's super good. And that Archer's attack is just filthy. So it's going to be tough from
2: the jump for him to crack the roster and then to get consistent playing time, too. The odds of, like, someone cracking that Archer's attack, if you aren't already an established player there, I would say are slim to none. Like, you have a a 0.5% chance of doing it. Yeah. So it, it was, like, kind of written in the stars, but it still sucks to see. Big time.
1: Um as I y'all yeah, that staying in,
2: um, the Water Dogs,
1: they cut one of our guys that is a uh, future guest of the show. Eventually, once we can get him on, Danny Ipe gets cut. Uh, Kyle McClancy gets
2: that, cut. Those really shocked me. And Matt Witcher gets cut. Yeah. Um, McClancy and Ipe are guaranteed to find a home somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if they wound up on like Atlas or something. I mean, it's going to be tough
1: with all the talent coming in at Shortstick D MIDI. Like, uh, Terry talked about it in our interview. Like, everybody on that Chrome team and everybody in this league, for the most part, coming in is a multi dimensional player. You can't be yeah. uh, a solo act, essentially, in this league anymore, especially with the merger. You need to be good at multiple things. Or you need to be great at one thing and be good at a lot of other things. Yep. And this is no knock on Kyle McClancy. It's just he's good at a lot of things, but he doesn't have
2: that one trait that makes him great. Well, then this is why we need more teams in the league. So many good players not getting the opportunities they deserve because of a lack of space for them to play. I'm just mad
1: that we're not going to see Kyle McClancy's number 88 flow in the Water Dogs uniform.
2: He had... The most elite flow in the league, and it it, it should be criminal that we don't get to see that flowing out from under those new Water Dogs helmet, that new purple that they have. Water Dogs also only going with one short stick D MIDI to start the season is very interesting to me. I think that's going to—I mean, we'll see how they do for the first couple of games, but I think that's going to change by the midpoint of the season. They're going to have to bring someone back— Maybe they bring McClancy back, or,
1: like... It's like, are you going to play Zach Courier on defense? Like,
2: there's... No shot, no right? I mean, I know he can, like, play both versatile. sides of the field. He's a very versatile player, as we see in the NLL, but transition in the box game is a lot different than moving up and down the field in the in the outdoor game, even if the PLL is a lot faster-paced, a lot shorter field than... Uh, Traditional. I'm just happy
1: Zach Courier got hurt last year and it sucked when he wasn't out there. But
2: yeah, we're going to get a proper Zach Courier season this year.
1: Atlas with a couple surprising cuts. Kevin Unterstein gets cut. Uh, Brendan Sunday gets cut. And Aiden Hines, who they drafted last year for defense, gets cut, as well as Sam Lucchese, who was fighting for a goalie
2: spot. I mean, it's the rebuild in full effect. You know, get, get rid of a lot of the old guard and just let the young guns really get a chance to, sh- to shine. Unterstein's too good to not be on a roster. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, watch him get scooped almost immediately when, he, when teams have the chance. Whipsnakes end up
1: cutting Matt Hubler, uh, Jack Jasinski, Alex Spring, Alex Reddy, and Frank Brown. Frank Brown...
2: That's a shock and a half.
1: I, I don't know if it's a shock just because of oh. how good... And this is no knock on Frank. It, it's just the Whipsnakes midfield is... Elite, like and that roster is elite. That is like trying to crack the Patriots roster in the NFL. It's like trying to crack like a dynasty, like Miami Heat roster back in the day with LeBron, D Wade, and Chris Bosh. Yeah, it's like trying to crack the most elite roster in your sport, and without experience at the PLL level yet, which I'm sure Frank will get because Frank is a a hell of a player, one of the nicest dudes I've ever met, and he's one hell of a player. Getting to spend that whole 2018 19 season with the Wings with him. Um, he'll find his place. I'm just mad he's not going to be able to play with Zed because that tandem would've midfield to <laughs> attack is
2: oh, man. awesome. Je- I, I I was I was like picturing Frankie just barreling down the field, makes a nice cut, Zed coming backside swo- looping around, one pass top cheese. They're celebrating. We're pissed off because it means the Whip Snakes score. But it would have been such a nice play that. There's no shot we would have been mad
1: Frank Brown's going to end up on a roster At some point Whether it's this season or next year But he will play in this league Uh, Yeah,
2: absolutely Just give it time The
1: Cannons end up cutting Justin Pugel Which is interesting Clark Peterson, Chase Levesque Scott Hooper and Luke Anderson Um,
2: Clarky getting cut was interesting to me too
1: Didn't shock me because really? he's an off-ball attackman. The attack for the Cannons on paper is one of the best in the league with That's Lyle, Drenner, uh, Shane Jackson. Like, you've got play Bryce
2: Wasserman's up top. I mean, you've got the uh, the 2019 NLL MVP lead in line there with Lyle. And, I mean, it's it's probably going to be Lyle, Shane, and Bryce as their starting three, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be Lyle, Shane, and Drenner. Not, uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, fair. I mean, Drenner's PLL proven, and you need that one. You need that one guy who's had experience in the league, especially. Well, all things considered, those other two guys could probably walk into any team in the league and be like, "All right, I'm gonna score." For whatever
1: dumbass reason, Drenner's doing it for <laughs> the third time in three years.
2: Um, uh, he's he's gonna wind up. By the eighth year this team is around this league is around, he will have played for eight different teams. Just stupid. I mean there will be more teams in the league at that point, but I'm assuming he will be on all of the original eight teams at that point. It's so dumb. Um but yeah, those are the cuts. Um
1: kinda bombed about quite a few of them just be from a, a greedy standpoint where I wanted to see them play. Yeah. Um as I'm talking, I'm like losing my voice.
2: It's fantastic. Um but we're gonna pass out right <laughs> as soon as this is done. At least I am. The uh
1: I'm just intrigued to see like because opening weekend tells you a lot about mm-hmm. just the rosters and like some of the mistakes that might have been made with cuts and stuff. Um yeah. and especially with some teams, most notably the Redwoods this weekend, having two games, you're gonna well, see. The how cannons, they have too. To, oh yeah, and cannons as well. You're gonna see how they rebound from having to play you know, in two games in one weekend, which has never been the case in the PLL. Um, but the Redwoods and Cannons kick things off today as we're recording this. This is so stupid.
2: About uh what? Uh, 14 like hours from now. 13 and a half. 13 and a half.
1: Redwoods coming to this game is one and a half goal favorites, uh, minus 140 on the money line. The over under in this game is 22 and a half. Uh, I mean. The Cannons, the way I view this matchup is the Cannons are a new team. Sure, you've had training camp. Sure, you have some of the guys like Bryce Wasserman coming in. Uh, and I former, mean, yeah, the Former Cannons players that have played under Coach Quirk.
2: And possibly the greatest player in the world in Lyle Thompson.
1: I just don't know what their chemistry is going to be like in a game atmosphere going up against a team that is beyond hungry to win a championship, who is retooled, who has guys coming back hungrier than ever. Um I just don't I would be stunned if the Cannons end up winning.
2: Yeah, I same. mean it's I'm a
1: it's a slight home field advantage for them in a sense, but the Redwoods are are a championship chasing team right now. They are looking to win a championship at all costs. That's why Nat St. Laurent has traded for Miles Jones and Rob Pinnell in back to back seasons. That's why he traded for Jules Henningberg and West Berg in twenty nineteen. He wants to win a championship. Nothing like Nat St. Laurent goes to bed. Instead of counting sheep, he thinks about hoisting that PLL trophy at the end of the season. That's what he wants, and he's going to ta- he's going to do whatever it takes, literally, Avenger style. Like he's going to find a way yep. to make sure that the Redwoods dethrone the Whip Snakes and take home that trophy. I think the Redwoods win this one. I don't know about the over/under
2: at twenty two and a half. I think it's going to be like I want to say an eleven to seven game 11 to eight I think it'll be higher scoring than that the the cannons attack
1: is just too good and yes Redwoods have a great defense but like you're literally going up against Ryan Drenner yeah. Lyle Thompson Bryce Wasserman and Shane Jackson tomorrow or today
2: who do you think gets the nod and goal that's my question because obviously Timmy Troutner is one of the best oh, it's, it's, Timmy, it's Tim Jack Kelly is back.
1: I mean, and it's, he's it's,
2: back. backpack. It's gonna be nice to have a goalie tandem
1: that like Nat can trust. But this is Tim Troutner's team. There's no Fair. ifs ands or buts about
2: that. That's that's very true. I th- when when do we think we see Jack Kelly for the first time in a game? In a blowout. In a blowout. I,
1: I don't think Nat's gonna <laughs> go with like the archers route or anything like that. Unless no. Timmy's getting like like one way or another a blowout. Like if Timmy's not having a great day or. The Redwoods are just up by a bazillion.
2: Who knows? Maybe we see that today.
1: I mean, I, I would be shocked if we see Jack Kelly today. That would be a prop bet that, like, if it's plus a bazillion, sure. Throw some, throw a dollar on that. Take your winnings to the bank. Although, if you're in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, again, sucks because legalized gambling is not here yet.
2: Um, yeah, we We've been dealing with mass holes all day, haven't we? The mass holes in Philly, mass holes in New York, and mass holes in Massachusetts.
1: I think the Redwoods win by like four.
2: I, I'm, I'm, agree, I'm agree with that four or five, something like that.
1: Minus one and a half is plus one, ten odds.
2: On I want, I want to say, uh, I want to see Chris Hogan get a goal. I want to see Jules score. I need Jules to score more than anything. I, I, I need that Jules Rob combo. <laughs> I need, I need. Rob to find Jules and Jules to just rip here's,
1: one. Here's my question with this Redwoods team going into tomorrow. Does Jules end up playing midfield more than he plays attack? So that way you can play Rob, Cav, and Ryder at attack. And then your midfield is the, the two
2: bomb brothers and Jules. We'll see. I think so. But, again, we'll just have to see how Nat rides out his game plan. And it, it might just be spur-of-the-moment kind of things, like maybe he starts at attack and then moves to midfield, or maybe he starts in midfield and then slowly moves to attack over the course of the game. It's all going to depend on how the Canons def- decide to defend against this Redwoods team and how well they can get the ball into the back of the net.
1: Yeah, my I'm we're, we we don't have a gambling partner on this podcast or on our network, but if any of them are open to it, we are open for business. Um, I'm gonna parlay a Redwoods minus one and a half with a Jules Henningberg goal.
2: Yeah, that's my, I, I would take that. That's my parlay. I'd say game. that's a lock.
1: Um, Cannon, I'm excited to see like how they mesh and how Coach Quirk like. The Cannons
2: will come away with a win this weekend. I just don't think it's going to be against the Redwoods.
1: That makes one of us. (laughs) I don't know if the Cannons win this weekend.
2: Really? Who's this game against again? They're
1: playing the Water Dogs, which will be a close game, though. But I I view this Cannon team very similarly to the Water Dogs of last year. And yes, the Water Dogs are kind of in their first full season, not in a bubble, uh, which we'll get into. But the next game uh on the docket is Atlas Archers Saturday.
2: Uh wait, is it Atlas Archers or is it uh Whipsnakes Chaos on the championship rematch?
1: That game is also happening, so let's talk about that one. It's not on DraftKings for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, th- I thought that was the first DraftKings game DraftKings not the day. a sponsor, so uh
1: but yeah, championship rematch Whipsnakes Chaos before we left New Jersey, uh, whip snakes were minus two and a half favorites. I don't know what the odds were. I think the over under was twenty one or twenty two and a half, uh, and whip snakes were the favorites to win. But
2: I would hammer the under in that game just because I think it's gonna be a goalie showdown.
1: I'm. I'm. You guys know this is a very pro-Andy Towers podcast, very pro-Chaos. They have had the most players (laughs) from their team on this show. Oh, yeah. We
2: love the Chaos. I think, again, they're they're our second team, I would Um, say.
1: I mean, we love all teams. But, like... Chaos has decided to get the OTB treatment more than any other team. Yes. Um, Whether that's older players or guys that are brand new in the league now and just ended up on Chaos. I don't trust Chaos going into this game for the simple fact that they are missing a ton of key players, and Whip Snakes are just a well-oiled machine. And I don't know. This is like year three of a new rendition of Chaos. I mean, they are they are trying to figure themselves out again, coming off of a championship game performance. I don't know if the championship game losing hangover happens uh, in the PLL because will' well, still made the playoffs.
2: But we'll see, and we never really got to see the championship game hangover, considering that it went straight to a bubble instead of an actual season.
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, without Curtis Dixon, without Miles Thompson, without, uh, Challen Rogers, who's brand new to the team. Like, there's a number of guys that they lost.
2: Steamer class
1: are not here. They lost Deemer Like, I I'm excited to see what they do. It's going to um, be interesting for sure. I just think the web Stanks are too good right now.
2: I mean, it's literally the Patriots of the PLL playing in Gillette Stadium. The Evil Empire going toe-to-toe with, a t- again, a team on the mend after losing multiple key players. Yeah. I, again, I think that Blaz- Blazers enough in cage – to really keep it a close game but
1: I just don't know if the the chaos defense is back either
2: that's yeah we're gonna uh, have to see ha- ha- if they've rebounded if uh, Newman's got a swag back I mean we hope he does I I, w- I would love to see a Newman nuke live I need him to wear the visor I, I want to see him pull up from two and just rip it top Chad um,
1: so yeah I think Wib snakes win this one
2: easily. I think it's like a. I don't know about East. I think I do think it's gonna be a close. I do, I I kind of I guess I kind of trust the cast more than you ha- do right now, but yeah, I I don't see how you can go into this season without two of your guys that
1: were starting at attack for you in the championship game.
2: Well, I'm just gonna say, t- I'm gonna paraphrase Joel Embiid right now. T T T, trust the towers.
1: I just m- my thing is like yes, you have Josh Byrne, yes you have Austin Stotts, but like. You're going very midfield heavy again, and you're going to rely on your midfield to score, but you don't have Superman, you don't have Miles Thompson. They were pivotal for that chaos team in that playoff run. Without them and benching Connor Fields for whatever reason, him not working in the offense, he's gone now too, you you don't get to the championship game, let alone have a close first half of a championship game. I, I just need to see it. To prove me wrong, and I just don't know if it's this weekend.
2: It just also hit me again, though, that uh, chaos had a pretty terrible play-in round slash regular season last year. They didn't I, win I completely a game. forgot. I completely yeah, they forgot. They won one that. game. Like it was bad. Know, they didn't. They went 0 and four, didn't they?
1: Yeah. So like, they have a new face-off guy that has to get acclimated with their wings, like. There's a lot of new pieces on this Mm -hmm. KS team that a lot of people just aren't thinking about. And, like, I love that team. I think they're very talented. There's a lot of our guys on that team. It's a lot to get used to. Plus, like, Max Adler has never played the PLL-style rules, and you're going up against the reigning faceoff king.
2: True. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. I think it's going to be, like, um, I want to say... Twelve to seven whip snakes. Uh I'm gonna say
1: it's like fourteen to ten.
2: Fourteen ten. 10. Um, so kind of similar vibes we've got going there, but.
1: Yeah. And Alice Archers is the nightcap. I'll let you take the reins.
2: Um, yeah. Uh I I just think that Archer's attack is way too good to even be considered as anything but a big dub for the the uh, the boys in orange. Uh, Grant Amens is going to be hungrier than ever. Tommy Schreiber's back. It's it's just a a dominant team versus a team in a rebuild. I don't see it going any way but an. archers blowout win
1: yeah i I think the archers win by five
2: i'm saying like six or seven to be honest i want i want i'm I'm guessing that it's going to be the highest scoring single team total in a day i think the archers are going to put up like 15 or 16 i think it's
1: like 16 to 11
2: that sounds about right
1: because it's like kind of a new defense looking to get chemistry although it's going to be a gnarly defense for that archers team um i'm excited to watch them play they're going to be a lot of fun i'm glad they're the nightcap
2: finally uh, get to see grant ament play live
1: yeah it's going to be a lot of fun so i'm taking the archers in a landslide i think grant scores two goals
2: easily two goals multiple assists and um, we're going to get a highlight play out of him or tommy
1: Cannon's Water Dogs kick off the Sunday matchup, the two expansion teams. I think the Water Dogs are just going to be hungry with this new look team. I think it's going to be very close. I think the Water Dogs win 13-12. to 12.
2: I think it's going to be a one-goal game like that. I do think it's 13-12. I can, it's literally a coin flip for me at this point. Uh, I can't wait to see Sowers in his pro debut in that in that Water Dogs purple uh, depending on how we see the Cannons play today, I think that's going to de- make them uh, either hungrier for a win on Sunday, or may- if they play well, maybe they get complacent. But, yeah, close game, one goal. I can't call the winner right now. I'm
1: I'm intrigued by um, this just one short stick d midi on the Water Dogs.
2: Uh, heads... If Siri calls heads, then uh I'm gonna say a water dogs win. Siri calls tails, I'm gonna say a cannons win. Siri heads or tails. It's heads. Uh water dogs thirteen to twelve. There it is.
1: Um I'm excited for the new look like attack. Like Ryan drenner has gone. It's mm-hmm. Kieran McArdle's offense in my opinion, with Michael Which Sowers.
2: It should have been last year. He McCardle was balling the hell out.
1: I mean Brian Drenner should have been used way more than he should have
2: been. Brian um, Drenner's just been misused since the beginning of his time in the league. I mean, he
1: thrived with the Whip Snakes, but then he got unprotected. Mr.
2: OT Chef, Chef rd just cooking.
1: I, uh, I'm excited to kind of just see how this team matches up against the Cannons' offense because I think the Cannons' attack is better, but I think the Water Dogs' defense is going to be able to do some things to stop the Cannons'. Onslaught in a sense, and we'll finally and get to see Dylan, Dylan Ward. Ward start a game. <coughs> Dylan Ward starting a game is gonna be a lot of fun. So, I'm gonna go Water Dogs 13 to 12 uh, over the Cannons. And people are probably thinking, like, I'm just busting on the Cannons. No, they're an no. expansion team, they're brand new. These are their first two games. I'd love to be wrong and see them win this game against the Water Dogs,
2: mm. but and like nine times out of ten, expansion teams don't do well in their first year. Like, it was an the the only anomaly I can think of in any of the major sports leagues over the past 20 years was the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And that was a serious anomaly.
1: Yeah, totally. So I'm going to go Water Dogs. And then the final game is Redwoods and Chrome, which has potential to be like Game of the Weekend um uh, very excited for that one guest on the show ryan tarifanko getting the otb bump potentially so look for him to score a goal yes uh, sir jt Jaws harris in this game it's gonna be interesting to see how redwoods assess this because it is their second game of the weekend and, and they're going up against a fresh chrome team that is out for blood matt against the redwoods
2: again yeah that's so. gonna be an interesting game, Goddard
1: versus Apple, and it's it's gonna be. This is a playoff game in Week One. Like this is a playoff preview game.
2: It really is, and it's a bad bl- a lot of bad blood between these guys.
1: TD versus Connor Farrell is gonna be very exciting to watch. That all unfold.
2: Another fun goalie matchup with Galloway versus Timmy Troutner again. And, uh, very evenly matched teams. It's going to be a close one.
1: I'm looking to see how Sudo kind of plans to use his defense to take advantage of the Redwoods' offense because that's going to be the matchup to watch. Um, that's how these teams operate. Chrome have become a very defensive team. Um, and then the six attackmen from the Redwoods, it's going to be interesting to see how Nat navigates that and who he decides to put you know, in for the game day lineup. I'm smashing the over in this game.
2: Oh, one hundred percent. What's th- you know what the uh the line on that is? So chrome redwoods is sitting at Redwoods minus one and a half,
1: um at plus one seventy. The over under is twenty four and a half, and the redwoods are minus one twenty five on the money line. So very close to being an
2: even game. I'm sixteen fourteen redwoods. Just a barnstormer of a final game of the weekend. Go, goes out on a high note. And then they ha- the Redwoods head into Atlanta with a 2-0 record.
1: I'm going to go 14-12 Redwoods. 14-12? Although I would not be shocked if Chrome wins this game because... No,
2: it, it's another coin flip.
1: Tara Fanko getting the OTB bump is he knows a he thing.
2: Could, he could score a Hattie.
1: I, I'm putting him down for a goal. Like, if you're a betting person and you're watch, you're watching the games from a legal gambling state. Like, man, it lets you do player props. I don't know if they let you do that on uh, the PLL's league-sponsored app. Um, but if they do, bet Ryan Terefante go to score a goal. It's it's almost the lock of the century. Uh, even though we don't have a gambling partner, please gamble responsibly. Uh, And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. But yeah, those are the the matchup breakdowns. Sorry for the somber tone. It has been a day. It's (laughs) almost 6 a.m. We're tired, man. this will be up in uh, an hour or so. Um, But thank you to our sponsors for making this happen. Tom Hog Shades, Manscaped, Stateside Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Check all them out. You guys know the promo code USP for the first three. Uh, And what it gets you, 25% off at TomahawkShades.com, 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com, and 10% off the 1-liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to find your Kenwood beer wherever it is closest to you. And, of course, guys, follow us on social media to stay up to date with everything we're doing this weekend, if we can even get to where we need to go this weekend. We'll get to where we need to go. We'll figure it out in the end at otb lax pod on twitter and instagram you can follow harrison on twitter harry gk 83 you can follow me at kbizzl l311 please slide in my dms if you know anybody that can help me with a tire um follow the network at underground phi and of course check out the website underground subscribe 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 to the podcast be a friend tell a friend and uh let us know how you feel about this weekend's matchups uh all that good stuff. How you feel about going into this season? How your team? How you feel your team is going to do this year? Let us know in the Apple Podcast Reviews five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. We know they're five stars. You can also check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, and the Odyssey app. And, uh, again, big thank you to Ryan Tarafenko for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, to come on the show this week. And uh, this has been the Outside the Box Podcast from Boston. Episode number one sixty nine, uh-huh. part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. I'm going to upload this podcast for you, beautiful humans, and then I'm going to fall asleep and probably cry myself to sleep. But
2: it's been that it's been that kind of day, man. We'll
1: keep you updated. Uh, check, stay tuned for the vlog as well. It's going to be it's, a fucking doozy.
2: This is going to be an interesting one.
1: So, until Sunday, when we do our recap episode, for Harrison, I'm KB. We are signing off.
2: Peace. Time to pass the fuck out.